Impeached at home and laughed at abroad. Plus, moving the goalposts and going beyond the headlines. Let's get started. Yes, welcome. Hello, friends. This is the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. Uh, sorry for the wait. I've been pretty sick recently. Uh, I saw today that the House panel voted articles of impeachment out, meaning uh, next week the full House should vote on impeachment. And so much of the media speculation really has moved from the impeachment and what we learned about it thus far and has really just talked about, you know, could we get any Republicans to flip on President Trump? But before we speculate to the future, could we examine the past? Republicans during this impeachment have performed, in my opinion, one of the greatest and most blatantly obvious goalpost moving I have ever seen, ever. Moving the goalpost. You know, like Republicans demanding something, Democrats giving it to them, then Republicans saying, no, actually, we meant this separate goal. Uh, the first one involved Nancy Pelosi. Remember when Speaker Pelosi announced that the House was in an impeachment inquiry and <laughs> Republicans went crazy? They said things like, how could one person unilaterally decide to launch an impeachment? Uh, their main argument was that the impeachment was illegitimate because the House never voted to start the impeachment. So what did Democrats do? They gave Republicans what they wanted. They held a vote. And guess what? The vote passed. Here's Republican Steve Scalise before and after the vote that he asked for. Shouldn't they first have voted to start an impeachment inquiry, which has always happened? The first answer is to have a vote in the House uh, on an actual inquiry if that's what they want. Today they filed a resolution, and the resolution that was filed today, in and of itself, according to Speaker Pelosi, affirms the Soviet-style process that's been going on. Wait, wait, wait. Steve Scalise asked for a full House vote, got a full House vote, and now says that... The full House vote is Soviet is a Soviet-style process? How does that work, Stevie? Let's hear from Republican Kevin McCarthy before and after the full House vote. She cannot unilaterally decide we're in an impeachment inquiry. You've been demanding this vote, and now that it's happening, you say the process is still a sham. I applaud the speaker for finally admitting it is a whole entire sham. Wait, okay, so this just happened again, right? Kevin McCarthy asked for a full House vote got a full House vote, and now says that the House vote was admitting it's an entire sham? How does that work, Kev? Okay, so that was the first goalpost moving. The Republicans said impeachment was phony because there was no vote. Democrats gave them a vote, and they still say impeachment is phony. Here's another example of goalpost moving I noticed during this first phase of the impeachment. Remember that initial phase of the impeachment when hearings were private? It's through those hidden closed doors over there, Adam Schiff is trying to impeach a president of the United States behind closed doors, literally trying to overturn the results of the 2016 election. Ah, there's our favorite freedom fighter, Steve Scalise again. <laughs> All those Republican jokes, they, uh, 
they made about Adam's basement, right? At, referring to Adam Schiff about how they were holding all these private meetings in in um, a secure room in the basement. But you know, this was done to prevent various officials from lining up their stories. You get these bad actors in a room under oath being questioned by people who know what they're doing, and then they don't know what their co-conspirators are say are saying, right? It's the same reason police interrogate people separately. So you don't know what the other guy is saying. And this makes the person getting interviewed more likely to tell the truth. And by the way, a quick aside, this did work. If you remember Gordon Sondland, the Trump um, handpicked donor who was turned into the ambassador to the European Union, he adjusted his testimony after the fact based on leaks that were coming out saying that his memory was, quote, refreshed. Remember that? So what do Democrats do? They schedule a week, actually multiple weeks, of public hearings, right? They say, get out of the basement. Why are, why are we trying to impeach the president behind closed doors? Okay, we'll give you weeks of public hearings. But of course, that wasn't good enough for Republicans either. So what's next? for Republicans and their never-ending pursuit of being the worst bad-faith actors ever, (laughs) of all time, anywhere. (laughs) How about claiming that the president wasn't allowed to defend himself during the inquiry, you know, that his legal team couldn't ask questions or mount a defense, like Bill Clinton was allowed to during his? But, of course, that wasn't true either. When given the opportunity to present a defense— President Trump and his team of lawyers passed. The Trump White House is taking a pass on taking part in at least the next portion, the next phase of the impeachment process. So there you have it. Republicans wanted a vote to authorize the inquiry. They got it. They still complain. Republicans wanted public testimony. They got it. They still complain. Republicans wanted Trump to be able to defend himself. The Democrats allowed it. And Trump said, no, thank you. The question isn't why Republicans are bending over backwards to delegitimize the impeachment uh, in order to protect their deal leader. The real question is, why do Democrats keep trying to satisfy them? Okay, let's switch gears from Trump being corrupt domestically and instead talk about Trump being an embarrassment internationally. President Trump was in London recently for the 70th anniversary gathering of our NATO allies, right? And before I get into everything that went wrong with Trump and our allies, and trust me, there are a lot, can I first highlight one thing Trump said? This is Trump talking about a digital, a French digital tax that would disproportionately affect American companies. I'm not necessarily in love with those companies, uh, but uh, there are companies. There are American companies. I want to tax those companies. They're not going to be taxed by France. I'm not going to let people take advantage of American companies because if anyone's going to take advantage of the American companies, it's going to be us. It's not going to be France. Imagine a Democrat saying that. I want to take advantage of American companies. (laughs) There would be live updates on foxnews.com, and the Wall Street Journal editorial board would have a long-form think piece up in 10 minutes or less. So I'm not going to provide any 
analysis to that. Uh, I was actually thinking about starting a segment on this podcast where I just play a soundbite of something ridiculous Trump says. That would literally be political suicide to any normal president uh, and where the mainstream media just lets him get away with it. Here, let's try this again. Here's another example. Uh, This time Trump is talking about environmental regulations he wants to gut. They take a shower and water comes dripping out. It's dripping out, very quietly dripping out. People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. They end up using more water. So EPA is looking at that very strongly, at my suggestion. We'll go the other route, desert areas. But for the most part, you have many states where they have so much water that it comes down. It's called rain. That they don't know, they don't know what to do with it. Given the fact that the last time Trump talked about weather, he sharpied the hurricane trajectory and then said he didn't. I'm going to give Trump a pass here because water coming from the sky is, in fact, rain. All right, so NATO. The big takeaway should be that Trump once again refused to uphold Article 5 for NATO if the country in need didn't hit its 2% spending goal on defense. The takeaway could also be that French President Emmanuel Macron accused NATO of suffering a brain death at the hands of the Americans. The takeaway could be that the President of the United States called the Canadian Prime Minister two-faced. But what stole the spotlight? Tonight, while other world leaders were holding closing press conferences, President Trump was leaving London in dramatic fashion, abruptly canceling a planned news conference, surprising even his own staff when he announced the news himself. There's no reason to have press conferences because we've had about eight of them. So I can't imagine you'd have any more questions. The move came after stunning video emerged overnight. Some of America's closest allies caught on video at Buckingham Palace mocking him. In one part, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who met with the president for over half an hour Tuesday, can be heard venting about someone's tardiness. I will say this. That was very on brand for Trump. Saying offensive insults, getting made fun of, loathing in a bath of self-pity, and then picking up his bag and running home early. It's quintessential Trump, thin-skinned, weak, embarrassing, wrong. But what's the real story? The media cycle has been dominated by these stories recently, right? You got the impeachment circus, which ultimately we know won't remove Trump. The the NATO-Trump relationship, which, while awkward isn't bad enough to tank NATO, and then the funny sound bites of Trump talking about flushing toilets 10 or 15 times. But what's really going on behind the scenes? Let's talk about a recent comment Attorney General Bill Barr recently gave to a group of police officers. They have to start showing more than they do the respect and support that law enforcement deserves. And if communities don't give that support and respect, they may find themselves without the police protection they need. If communities don't give that support, they may find themselves without the police protection they need. First of all, every community supports the police. You know how I know that? We pay taxes. (laughs) How do you think police get paid? How do you think they get those cushy pensions? Second, 
And I do mean this with all due respect. What the fuck does that even mean? Are you saying, head lawyer for the United States government, that if American citizens want to hold police accountable, if taxpayers want to improve police-community relations, and if law-abiding citizens are a little concerned about police brutality, especially in communities of color, that you won't come if we, if we call 911? Are you threatening to withhold police services, services that we pay for, if we don't align with your belief in complete police immunity, if we don't worship the police like you do? What are you saying, Bill Barr? Here's something else that happened this week. Uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, you know, the woman who married into the Prince family, by some estimates, they've given $200 million to Republicans and right-wing causes. Uh, well, she's in the news. New documents uncovered by NPR found that over 200,000 borrowers for predatory for-profit universities were defrauded. Uh, these colleges lied about jobs and, and credits and how easy they can transfer. And the Department of Education reviewed these 200,000 uh, 200, cases uh, from students and found that the students were, in fact, victims of illegal practices and were eligible for loan forgiveness. That is, anyway, until Secretary DeVos came in and overruled her own department's findings. This is directly from N NPR, quote, when DeVos had to sign off on thousands of borrower defense claims, she added three words below her signature, with extreme displeasure. Oh, well, in that case, it's fine, right? The department investigated certain for-profit colleges, found that their practices were predatory and unlawful, and ruled that 200,000 Americans were entitled to loan forgiveness under U.S. law, but Republican mega-donor Betsy DeVos overruled them, but she's sorry about it, with extreme displeasure. So that makes it okay. Uh, here's something else that's in the news, too. The Trump administration is making some big changes to the food stamp program. Today, the U.S. Department of Agriculture finalized a new rule expected to end food stamps for nearly 700,000 people. Now known as SNAP, the food stamp program helps to feed more than 36 million Americans. Thank God, right? You know who's had it too good for too long? Poor people on food stamps. Is there anything this administration won't do to redistribute money from the poor and middle class to the rich? Anything? Right? A $1.5 trillion tax cut with borrowed money from, from China going disproportionately to the top 1% and multinational corporations. Yeah, sure, we can afford it, right? A $738 billion Pentagon budget? Yeah, no problem. Providing temporary food assistance to poor people? So they don't starve to death? Oh, no, I'm sorry. So that's the news for today. Republicans are acting in bad faith defending Trump during his impeachment. Trump is embarrassing us internationally. And while the media circus pounces on all these headlines, Bill Barr is giving the green light for police to do whatever they want to do. A Republican super donor turned cabinet official is siding with for-profit colleges over victimized American students. And almost a million poor people are losing access to food. 
So enjoy the weekend, folks.